My name is Dave. I'm here with Scott. I'm at, joined by Cleve here shortly. We're part of the Mad Yes Media Network. Uh, Scott, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Better than Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> Although that is that is uh, that is generally the case. So we wait for Cleve here. Um, I don't know if you were following what happened here today, but Kevin McCarthy got fired as Speaker of the House. First time this ever happened in American history. It's amazing. Um, but if anybody was had paid attention to how he acquired said job, it was just a matter of time. Yes. You know, he, he agreed to a lot of things that he probably was never going to live up to simply because of a Biden presidency and Democrats controlling the Senate, so to speak. Um he was never going to live up to the terms that uh, got him the speakership anyway. So, yeah, it, it's it just it's so interesting to me that there's a person who can be so disliked by everybody. <laughs> you know, like it's such a polarized world. He couldn't count on Democrats to save him when the alternative to him is going to be who knows who. So he that's couldn't... the big thing. Like, you know, for us. You know, we look at it and think it's just it's crazy. And, and McCarthy kind of gets what he had coming to him. And I, I mean, I, I I have laughed, not laughed, but kind of uh, multiple times when I've heard Republicans and, and I'm talking about like the lunatic fringe side of things, talking about how he he lies too much and he's untrustworthy. <laughs> and it's like, man, like, wow. Uh, wow. But. It, it you know we're just wondering what happens going forward it it's there's a potential for it to be a lot worse well you know? i don't know that the next speaker of the house can necessarily be worse because they might be like a worse human being but they're going to be just as largely ineffective i mean kevin mccarthy could have just brought the the budget bill that passed the senate to the house floor it would have passed sort of been no discussion of the shutdown or whatever but he don't want to because he's actually part of the lunatic fringe himself. He's just not as lunatic-ish. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't think – I don't think for me, like for the next – while this Congress is in session, it doesn't matter who the Speaker of the House is over there because they're not going to get somebody competent. And they're all crazy. Yeah, but that's my that's my concern is that it's, it's just gridlock and that nothing happens. So, you know, the things that we – you know, the things that have been happening, um, you know, aid to Ukraine and all these other things, that could be, I would imagine that there's a touch of, there's a, there has to be a touch of concern right now about what happens there. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm, maybe that's, you know, fear-based thinking. I don't, I don't know, you know, how they would get around the house, but gridlock is not a good thing. If, Donald Trump and Matt Gates told Kevin McCarthy that there'd be no more aid for Ukraine. There'd be no more aid for Ukraine. Right. The only thing he didn't want to do was shut down, was shut down the government. Yeah. Right. And have them obviously take a bath for it because it's clearly their fault. Right. Um, yeah. But which, which he's right about. But if, if they said no more, if he would do it too. Like, I don't, I don't think, like, I don't think, I don't think he's John Boehner. I don't think he's a normal person who just has to be an asshole I disagree with in this role. I think he's also a lunatic, crazy person. He's just slightly less crazy than the absolute clown show. And so he doesn't quite come off as bad, but I mean, I'm sure if we just heard like Kevin McCarthy's interpersonal thoughts, they're insane. <laughs> yes, I would imagine. And, 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 you know, you're right. It's amazing to hear Andy Biggs and, and uh, Matt Gates and some of these other guys talk about how he's unreliable and untrustworthy. And <laughs> it's like, you know, um, wow. I mean, and, and, and it sounds like he is, you know, I, I mean, I saw what he said. I saw what he said Sunday about Democrats. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like you're going to, you need them. Like how, like some of this is like, if you play stupid games, you're going to potentially win stupid prizes. That's a Taylor Swift lyric. Is it? It is. Didn't All know right. that. Our first, our first one in. Yeah, obviously it's not her saying it's around before her, but it is a Taylor Swift lyric. Good job. Okay. Who knew? Yeah. So uh 
Yeah, a song called Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Now, I'm clearly the Heartbreak Prince. So the question is, are you or Cleve Miss Americana? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Um, okay. Yeah, I just want to touch on that a little bit because it's unprecedented. Yeah. But as I was thinking, like as I was watching it, being Speaker of the House for this Republican caucus strikes me as being like the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Like you're kind of in charge, but you're not really, and you can really get fired <laughs> by the real power any second. Yes, and uh, that's a really good that's a really good analogy too, because the egos and the the sort of the power, uh, the the want the want for control and power. Mm-hmm. I imagine has to be, it has to be insane. And then trying to pacify all of it. Like think about even today, a scenario where you have to pacify Marjorie Taylor Greene and you have to make, um, I saw Jim Jordan speaking on his behalf and I thought, I wonder, I mean, what's the story there? You know, I mean? Like really, you know, like, well, yeah, McCarthy agreed to his stupid weaponization of government panel. Okay, but what whatever. did they get out of that? Just having it. Uh, nothing. He gets, he gets he gets the chair committee. I mean, okay, you know, but like, so the other thing, it's just it's so embarrassing. It's more embarrassing for them, but like as a country, it's embarrassing. Yeah, but it's really embarrassing for them because like there's no single person they can nominate next. That's going to get a majority of the votes. Well, so that's kind of like, I wonder about that. Like you have a small group who I think are now going to get entrenched because they've seen what, you know, like, like Matt Gates has got to be, you know, feeling like he's on the clouds right now. Look, look what he did. You know, I mean, he brought this up a couple days ago. And within within a day and a half, I think it, what they need to vote on it within two days. And yeah, on on the first on the first time going through, uh, he's out like that. That's that has to feel he has to feel emboldened. And, and then there's a side of me that wonders like, why is he doing this now? What's about to drop on him? You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. the The only other solution I can see is that the five. Uh, Republicans who just got in from New York who made it in because of the stupid self-gerrymander New York did to itself, who are going to get absolutely trucked the next then they get new maps or this upcoming election when Joe Biden's on the ballot again. They could just switch parties. Right? In their districts, it probably doesn't matter all that much. They can just switch parties and then put Hakeem Jeffries as the speaker. Have you right? met have you met a New Yorker, Dave? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Like, have you been to have you been to Long Island? I have. Do you think some some of these real right wing Long Islanders or or you know New York upstate New Yorkers are really going to do that? I think, I think that for a lot of these folks, being in Congress is the most important thing. Not legislating, Maybe. not governing, not the country. And those five New Yorkers who just won after this nonsense with Joe Biden on the ballot against Trump are going to lose. They are. Yes. In in 2024. Yeah. If they have a yeah. D next to their name, maybe they win. It's the Joe you know, Manchin I, thing, but the other way. Yeah. I didn't think about that. And, and that's, that's an interesting thought. Right. Like, and they and then they can just be like the conservative block within the Democratic caucus. That blocks yeah. what they think is the absolute crazy fringe on the left. Yeah, holding right? the progressives at bay. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I'll hate them, but Hakeem Jeffries will be speaker. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we can resume the one six uh, investigations. So, yeah, so that would be uh, that would be that would be very interesting. All right, um, moving on to football here. For listeners who don't know, Scott and I are both fans of the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions went into Lambeau and trucked the Packers 34-20 to 20 last uh, last Thursday night. Now, this is a game the Lions absolutely dominated. It was not as close as the 14-point final score indicates. I am not taking the L on David Montgomery, but he had a very good game. Yeah. And his role in the offense, it's very clear why he is a good fit for what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you, do you now you're 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 younger than I am. But, Significantly, yes. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get kicked in the balls, but here we are. Um, I don't remember a half. Now, you know, pull me off the ledge if if you think I'm out of line here. Whatever. <laughs> I don't remember a half of football, especially like in that first half. I don't remember the Lions dominating a team like that on the road in prime time like that. I mean, that was. They made it look so easy. And I just, I don't recall it feeling like that. Like, this is just too easy. This is, they obliterated the Packers in the first half. They really yes. did. Yes. Um. Man, I'm trying to think. It's tough, right? Like, it's it's yeah. really, it's tough to think about. Now, I know that I'm sure there's been a game or two or whatever where, they have they've smoked a team in the first half, but I'm just in totality for where they are and what they've done in a short three years. I don't remember it like I don't remember anything like this. No, I'm sure that like the height of the Stafford, Calvin, and Dominic and Sue, um, uh, things there was uh, there was something like that, but no, I can't remember can't remember it offhand. Uh, Iceman and Coach Sports here in the chat. Uh, assume that's Iceman. What's up? Uh, Man Campbell got the boys believing. By the way, um, I will include this in the show notes. Um, <laughs> nice name, Dave. <laughs> um, uh, I'll include this in the in the show notes that I was a guest host. I filled in for Coach last week on Iceman and Coach, and we touched on a whole bunch of uh, topics, mostly football. Uh, a lot of Deion Sanders and blackness and why what Deion is doing is so incredible for college football and other things like that. So, uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to Iceman and Coach. It's a great show, and I was uh, on last week. My only complaint for this game, we're not even going to talk about the Packers because they sucked. Um, my only complaint about this game is that Dan Campbell does not seem to take care with his injured players. Um, oh, we talked about Ohio State, too. Does not seem to take care of his injured players. So David Montgomery is coming off an injury, and he got 32 carries in this game at least eight of which were after the game were well-decided. Yeah. Uh, and then Brian Branch got hurt in this game and came back into the game again after the game was well in hand and seemed to get re-injured. So, aside, let's, so the end, yes, I'm with you. Like, 32 carries for Montgomery's too much um, with the thigh injury. And yeah, he's a nice fit for what they are. He's a really nice fit for what for their specific offense. Craig Reynolds can kill the clock, please. Um, the, this this stands out to me as something that's potentially like uh, really interesting in my brain, which <laughs> that may that doesn't mean anything, right? Lord help but us. Like, when Branch gets hurt, and that feeling that we all feel, like that we think it's the Achilles injury, and you think to yourself. This is a huge loss. Yes. And then you go, okay, it's a rookie in his fourth game. That's how good he's been. Yeah, that's how good Branch has been amazing. Yes, but that's how important he is going forward. That's how good that pick was. Yes. And for him to come back, it was like, man, they really they they snuck away with with you know they they kind of they got they got away with one there. Then to see him come back out and re I don't think he re injured himself. That looked like more of a wow, that hurt kind of thing, you know? So I would hope that he didn't re-injure himself, but you're right. There was no reason for him to be out there. Correct. But, you know, um, it was an ass kicking and it was a, it was, that was a, it was a good one for if you're a Lions fan. Yeah. No, during the game, I texted Scott and I said, who's asked to have to kick down to the Lions facility to stop this from happening. And he said, Dan Campbell. So I guess it's going to keep happening. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <Good laughs> luck. Cause I'm, uh, I'm not squaring up on Dan Campbell. You should not. Uh, not even, not even as a content play, not even to film it and make a YouTube short. We are not nope. squaring up on Dan Campbell. Well, it would be a YouTube short for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Three seconds. Um, all right, the next game was a game in London. Scott, how much of this game did you see? A donut. Right. So I saw only a few snaps of this game, went to the local art fair instead. So I'll reiterate what I said in the preseason. There's no reason this game cannot be played primetime in London in the 1 o'clock window here and just be on Red Zone. 
Okay. The fact that it's in London doesn't mean they have its own time slot to watch. The fact that it's in London isn't unique or interesting to those of us watching from over here. Unless they're playing like on the grounds of Buckingham Palace with the king watching. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like there's no like over oh, Sunday. And is there another one going Sunday? Yeah. Uh the Jaguars are staying over there and the Bills are going. Okay. Okay. So that um, one I'll watch because of the matchup, or at least I'll try to catch yeah, the end. I mean, it's a little more interesting, but Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's fallen prey to uh, a problem that I don't think there's a good answer for, but it's a, it's a problem. And it's this, you brought in Marcus Mariota last year. Desmond Ritter was on your bench. Desmond Ritter was kind of maxed out coming out of Cincinnati. I don't think he was going to grow much as a player. And he was probably ready to play and at least give you a look as to what, what he could look like at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. But now they're a year behind because they didn't give him starts. They gave him to Marcus Mariota. And we all, 100%, no offense, Marcus, but like, you know, everybody knew where that was going to go. So now you're, hey, we're in a, we're evaluating Desmond Ritter mode and we already can see that it is just never going to work no and it's like it would have been good for them to know that like um last offseason when they had a a pretty early pick yeah you know and maybe you get involved in some of this stuff but uh especially with drake london and kyle pitts and all the and the weapons that they do have and they're trying to use them but their quarterbacks just he's it's not going to happen so that so then there's a little bit there's a little bit of a a a dilemma there because Sometimes you do need to sit a quarterback and let him kind of figure it out, like Mahomes. Sometimes you need to play them, like with what's happening with Anthony Anthony Richardson right now. So I don't know that there's a good answer. I just know it's a problem. There's no way to prove this counterfactual, but I don't think Mahomes needed to sit. I just think there was no way to bench Alex Smith. He was too good. That's fair. That's fair. And in hindsight, they just stumbled into it. And, you know, he probably would have done the same stuff. At, I mean, he did it in week 17 of that yeah. season. He looked ridiculous. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, do you play these early picks and really get a look at what you're seeing? And to me, I think you have to do it with the ones that you don't take super early. Like, Ritter was not a really early pick. So right? I Malik Willis Jackson- was not a really early pick. Yeah, you need Jackson- to know what you have. Jacksonville won this game 23-7. to seven. So this is another example where the Falcons are way behind from the start and Arthur Smith again, who I – I think might still have a shot at winning coach of the year and also might be brain dead all at the same time. Um, did Wayne Fonts that is remarkable. Did Wayne Fonts ever win coach of the year? I can see that being I, like a similar, similar I have thing. No idea. Um, so <laughs> I love, sometimes the way you describe things is just perfect. <laughs> that was um, perfect. Um, so Kyle Pitts in this game has two catches for 21 yards. Johnu Smith has six catches for 95 yards. Yeah. And you lose by 16 points. Yeah. I just, I don't think Arthur Smith, he's obviously great at designing a run game. Yeah. There's no question about that. He designed it in Tennessee with Derrick Henry and them as an offensive coordinator. Bijan can run like crazy in Atlanta. Beyond that, I actually, like he might actually be a savant where all he can do is run games. But, like, he can't tie his own shoes otherwise. So maybe he should be, like, a run game coordinator deferring to an to a offensive play caller. Yes. Or an offensive line coach, kind yes. of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, and and I think that's fair for, for what he has done because they've – it's just the – there are times when you do need to come from behind, and they, the Falcons are not capable of that. With all their weapons. And the other thing about John U. Smith is I think it's some of that stuff is because they're playing, you know, 12 and 13 personnel all the time. So there's, you know, they have a lot of tight ends on the field. They just do. So if teams are bracketing pits and they're kind of double covering in some ways, Drake London, somebody's open. The you know? problem is that Kyle Pitts, despite having these lower numbers than John U. Smith on the year, still has a higher yards per route run, which means yeah. he's running through fewer routes than John U. Smith. Which is crazy. Yes. Yes. And now he just have a higher yards per route run. It's double. 
Like when you throw the ball to Kyle Pitts in a place where he can catch it, he's Mark Andrews. He's uh, more than really good. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Throw him the ball. But no, we're going to feed John Smith. (laughs) Correct. And lose by 16. Yeah. And I think, I think Arthur Smith is just a coach who I obviously don't know him personally, and I don't know him outside of the context of his coaching, but I, he strikes me as being a very inflexible man. You can tell from his coaching style, the fact that he loves running the football, his stupid mustache, like, you know, many people told him to shave that. He look he looks ridiculous, but he won't. Like, he seems to be very stubborn and inflexible. And I think part of that inflexibility is he thinks my quarterback is garbage. I have to hide him. But when you're losing, like, it does, you could lose by 16 or by 50. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you got to keep going for it. You got to keep trying. Yeah. Right. Like the Giants last night. Brian Dable's a good coach. The Giants get killed last night. Daniel Jones gets sacked 10 times, throws awful picks because they have to keep trying to score. Sure. They could have turtled, given Matt Breed a 49 carries and lost by 13. Sure. But what's the point there? Like you're, right. you're losing your team. And that's going to end up, that's going to end up what happens in Atlanta if they don't make a change with Ritter. Yeah. Is they're going to, we're going too long on this stuff, but they're going to lose, they're going to lose their talent. And they're just not going to play for him. Yeah. And, you know, and he might, you know, so I last on for me on this, on some of this stuff is that I think it's, I think it's reasonable and maybe rational to think that it's easy for us to, to talk about these things, how, how easy it is from like our perspective on, you know, like, um, I don't know if it makes sense, but our perspective watching red zone from the couch or whatever, mm-hmm. oh, this is what I would have done there. It's never that easy. We're not in the room. We're not, not, you know, there's a, there's so much that goes on. It's not that easy on a micro down to down sense for like no. what sort of play to call or like what exactly to do. Yes. But some things like game theory decisions fourth down can be obvious when you or go scheme. for two can be obvious and macro things can be obvious. Like Desmond Ritter sucks. You should have looked at him last year. Now you don't know, or you should have gotten Lamar Jackson when you had the chance. Or Desmond Ritter sucks, and we shouldn't give him a chance, right? Because we we've seen him in practice all year, right? And yeah, so, we're trying to hit a, hit the lottery with him, so yeah. let's give him let's give him a year. And it's like, no, you should have given him you know eight games last year, right? The Titans should have done the same thing with Malik Willis last year. So that's kind of where I'm at with that whole thing. Is like if you draft a quarterback not in the in the very early parts of round one. And those guys are kind of a story unto themselves. Um, the the ones who who that you draft a little bit later probably need to play right now, so you can move on from them and replace them. And it sounds awful, but I, I don't know that there's any other way to make that work. You know, you don't you don't want to be in quarterback purgatory with a below average replacement level player. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, the last thing I've on this game is I did watch the Toy Story broadcast for a little bit. It was interesting, but the novelty wore off real fast. Yeah, I bet. I, that's what I heard too. It's a little, a little much. Yes, and uh, so the only interesting thing was they had Slinky Dog as the chains on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And if you got a penalty, he did this like butt wiggle backwards and then slinked back. That's what the only thing that was interesting. Also, they gave Burger McFarland like such a giant head. It felt a little racist. <laughs> I mean, Booker McFarland does have a giant dome, but he it felt a little caricature-ish. But okay, but other than I didn't that, see any of that either. So yeah, um, he didn't complain about it, so it probably wasn't that bad. But when I saw it, I was like, mm, that looks a little that's sketchy. Um, Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo wins forty-eight to twenty, an absolute demolition by Buffalo. Josh Allen, twenty-one of twenty-five, three hundred twenty yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Four carries for 17 yards and another touchdown. Five on the day for Josh Allen. Steph Diggs, six catches, 120 yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, pretty nice day for Buffalo all around. So I had a note here for Cleve because after week one, Cleve was, you know, talking a little reckless about Josh Allen. I'm going to say say it here for the audience, even though Cleve isn't here, and say uh, this is why I say never to overreact when quarterbacks have a long track record of success but struggle for a game or even three. Josh Allen is him full stop. 
Sure. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of he he is really really good. Um, the injury the injury last year seemed to have a, a, a large effect on his short term success, but it was interesting because Tyreek Hill he shouldn't be saying this kind of stuff after games because it matters, but he was talking about how he didn't feel like the Dolphins had much of a chance in that game because the Bills decided they play they were going to just take away the speed by playing two really high safeties. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely rattled Miami's offense, kind of throttled them in some ways. I don't remember a real big play that they made other than the HN run. Yeah. Right. Um, but like you don't want to be telling people this is how this team stopped us. Don't do that. You know, like and maybe other teams don't have the personnel to do it anyway, and, and it's meaningless complaining about stuff. But, like, you know, the Bills did a great job. And I don't know if you saw the when uh, McDaniel and um, McDermott came to the the midfield to shake hands and what McDaniel told them. No, He's just like, you know, I'm. it's just it's so impressive what you did. Uh, you know, like, it was incredible watching your defense play today. I love McDaniel. I think he's just so authentic. Yeah. There's just something about him, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, it was just an ass kicking. It really was Diggs and uh, Diggs and Allen get right. That all is good in the world. You know, things, things are good. And they lost that game to Zach Wilson in week one and national television. Everybody's watching because Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. And so that sticks in people's minds. They have destroyed everybody since then. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they came into, uh, DC and rolled the commanders last week. And we're going to get to them shortly in the effort they put forth this week. Yeah. Buffalo looks really good. And yeah. I think when Josh Allen plays an A plus game, the only team that can beat them is Kansas City if Mahomes plays an A plus game. Correct. Yes. I, that, but if Mahomes it. has a a B level game, they're they're gonna Buffalo get wins. Yeah. 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 Um Denver at Chicago. I'm not going to say the final score yet in case somebody doesn't know it. So the Denver defense remains a joke. Justin Fields goes 28 of 35, 335 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. DJ Moore has eight catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. Cole Komet has seven catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns. The Bears led 28 to 7 with 11 seconds left in the third quarter. Scott, who won this game? Denver. <laughs> It's really funny because my pick, my <laughs> oldest comes downstairs. It's 28-7. And he looks at the TV and he's like, Denver's going to win this game. And I look at him, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, listen, Denver's going to win this game. This is, I mean, this is exactly what the Bears are going to, that's what, it's the Bears. So Denver scores and he goes, Denver's or Denver's winning this game. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. Comes so, so back you could down say, a few minutes later. So you could say the Bears are who he thought they were? Kind of, yes. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of respect for the Bears. And, uh, yeah, it was like there was a point in time where it was pretty obvious that the Bears were going to lose that game. Yeah. Uh, stunningly. And Fields played really, really well. Yeah. He did. So, yeah. I don't have much to say about the Broncos in this game. I mean, it was a good comeback. They won. Russ was fine. But they're, the fact that their defense allowed this to happen against this offense that was so stagnant, this was this was a bottom feeder game that somebody had to win. So yes. I'm not overly impressed by the effort from the Broncos. They're probably no. going to get murdered by the Jets this week. Uh, I would, yes, like yes. like like Zach Wilson could go for 400 on them. It feels could go oh, for 335. Boy. I don't so, want to get involved. <laughs> so like you know, I, I I'm not impressed with them at all. Now there was a um really controversial game theory decision here that I think is more nuanced and people are giving it credit for. So I do want to touch on this. So the game is tied at 28. The bears have the ball at the Denver 18. It's fourth and one. There are 52 seconds left. Each team has one timeout. The bears elected to go for it rather than kick the field goal. This is a mistake. They should have kicked the field goal. It's worth three points of win percentage. Um, and remember there's only a hundred points. Yes. So it's worth three points of win percentage. However, they shouldn't always kick the field goal. But the issue here, the nuance is the clock, right? 
the reason you go for it there is to hold the ball longer to kill more time, kick the field goal later if you don't score, and take time off the clock. But with only 50 But you have seconds, to get a first down to do that. That exempted, right? Because it's it's not the it's not based on the result. You can miss the field goal too. It's not based on the result. It's the okay. decision you make at the time to do it. Okay. Because you know you're going to convert fourth to one at what seventy one percent clip or so something like that. It's just like a that. glimpse in time. Um, at that exact moment, the math right. supported the decision. Exactly. So okay. there's fifty two seconds left. That's already low enough on the clock where you just take the lead. Yeah. And you put your defense. Even if your defense is trash, you still yeah. put them. You still put them out there. Yeah. Um, if they're like, say there's like two minutes and 48 seconds left and the other team has one timeout. Well, now you can get it down to a minute 20 and kick. If you get the first down rather than giving them, uh, yeah, but we're talking by three seconds, right? Is that what you said? 52. Yeah. 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 So that was a huge mistake for the bears, but people are acting like you should always kick it there. And that's absolutely untrue. Yeah. Um, but in this in this exact instance, yes, going for it was egregious. Um, and it, and it was especially horrible. the play call that they ran to go for it. That's that's a whole other thing. Like, uh, roll him out. Yeah, I mean, he is like he is an, is as electric uh, a quarterback as there is. The way he moves, I don't I don't want to sound too much like Rod Gilmore, but a run pass option should always be the play for Justin Fields on short yardage. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yes. And it shouldn't be squeezed in, in, you know, from B gap to B gap yeah. where they're forced to run a play straightforward out of shotgun kind of, you know, like a lot of teams do that where it's like fourth and one and they'll, they'll snap the ball five yards back. Yeah. And that's where they start from. And it's just like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But if you roll, I'm, I, you know, just, if you're rolling fields out and let, especially to his right and giving him one read. And if it's not there, go, I think you're picking up your first down a lot more than you're not, mm-hmm. but maybe that's nitpicking things. Um, no, they should no. have, they should have, they should have plays designed. They should have two point conversion plays enough of them that they hold in reserve for absolute got to have it two points in short yardage. Yeah. And so that's when you bust them out. And if that was one of them, it's horrible. Yes, it is. So throw it away. Yeah. Get rid of it. So it's all coaching. It's all coaching malpractice through there. Also, Jim Harbaugh was trending on Twitter today, and I was like, "What did he say now?" Oh, <laughs> so boy. I went to look. It's just Bears fan calling for him to be the next coach. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, if they get the first two overall picks, which they're which they have right now, yeah, they call him. He's gone. Do you want to make ten million dollars to coach Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison? At the team he used to play for, <laughs> man, that's good. So, what do you do with Fields in that scenario? Uh, trade him to one of these teams that just absolutely needs a, a, some sort of functional quarterback. Okay, yeah. And if they, me, it, I think uh, as much as I love Marvin Harrison and I and I really like Caleb Williams, I wonder if uh, the Penn State left tackle might could be in the mix there no he's struggling he sucks he's about to get super exposed against better pass rushes too he does not suck no to be fair he the is, entire, he is their an entire elite elite prospect yes he's an elite prospect but he's not good right now he, he he has great tools but he is getting exposed now to be fair the entire penn state offensive line is struggling mm-hmm. relative to their competition of course yes but when they go up against ohio state in two weeks and then michigan shortly after that we're going to see Drew Aller's going to be put on his ass because we'll see. that line we'll is see not what good. happens. It's just the idea of, of Olufushanu and Darnell Wright as your, as your bookend tackles is good. That's like long-term good, 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 good. It is. So maybe Fashanu would need to take, this is going to be way too nerdy to draft Twitter, uh, would have to take huge leaps to be considered a plug and play starter that high like he is not Jonathan Ogden he is not Tony Baselli no, no. right so nobody's significantly better than anything they have yes but Marvin Harrison Jr. is in my mind is Julio Jones but faster okay that's fine so like, obviously you take that first pick no you take them both okay you take them both I mean imagine trading out of Caleb Williams 
imagine. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. What you're saying makes sense. It's just, this is the debate. Like, what's the best way to build this thing? Yeah. Do we implode it or, you know, give Fields some protection and an elite receiver with DJ Moore? Yeah. Olaf Ashanu has more business being the next speaker of the house than he does being drafted ahead of Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. Well, no, what I'm saying is that you would, I'm not saying take Fashanu at one or two. I'm saying trade, trade, you know, somewhere to where Fashanu would be a player you could pick and take Marvin as Marvin Harrison at two kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yes, but no. Playing with fire. It's playing yeah, with fire. I, if the Lions did that, I would be, I, 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 I would not be able to contain myself. <laughs> like during the live draft show, it's bad enough taking a running back at twelve that you give nine touches to. Anyways, enough Penn State offensive line talk. Baltimore at Cleveland. Baltimore wins twenty eight to three in a game that we all knew was going to be won by Baltimore once Deshaun Watson was declared out. Yeah. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, shout out Bishop Corman, Las Vegas. Um, nineteen of thirty six, one hundred twenty one yards, no touchdowns, three picks. Clearly overwhelmed, overmatched, not ready, but he's the backup right now. Um, so Cleveland had no shot. But their defense is still very good. And their defense got eviscerated by Baltimore. Lamar goes 15 of 19 for 186 and two with no picks. Nine carries, 27 yards, two more touchdowns. And once again, looks super comfortable in this offense. He did. And it was nice to see Andrews get going again. Because that's sort of like... Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, there was no Rashad Bateman in this game. There was no no Beckham. And no Zay Dobbins. Flowers has been okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe more than okay. Zay Flowers has been pretty good. Yeah. But their passing game is really Andrews and, and a rookie. Yeah. So for, for Lamar to be putting up these kind of numbers, it's impressive. Against that defense, that's a really good defense. Yeah. Also, Baltimore, sneaky, awesome landing spot for Mike Evans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore is pretty good. Cleveland is good at defense but with no quarterback. And I think later in the game, they realized their offense is not going to do anything. And they kind of, they kind of packed it in a little bit. I mean, I, yeah. it's not like a full on quit sort of situation, but they weren't. The Miles Garrett wasn't really in it towards the yeah. end of that game. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee, Tennessee wins 27 to three. The Bengals have scored the fewest offensive touchdowns in the league through four games. Only three. They are in serious trouble. Joe Burrow is obviously not right. Uh, so my question here for you, Scott, could the Bengals consider moving T. Higgins, shutting down Joe Burrow, and then going full mileage right for Marvin? Uh, yeah. Can you imagine Burrow with, with Chase and Marvin Harrison? It'd be worth sacrificing a year. Yeah, absolutely it would be because you're not you're so far behind at this point and you're not there's no there's no short short term sort of way out of this problem. There just isn't. Yeah. Um outside of outside of protecting Joe Burrow from himself, I don't think that there's any way to do this. I mean, the calf injury is lingering. Uh he heard it uh, you know, two weeks ago. He re he re-injured himself. He is not the kind of guy who's just going to sit like, but you know, they mean it might need to be, Hey, you're on, we're throwing you on long-term IR. You need six to eight weeks period. You're not playing. Mm -hmm. It's just how it is. And, and we're starting the ghost of AJ McCarron, you know, kind of thing where we are intending to lose football games. Go sign Carson Wentz. We have a mission to accomplish. Yeah. (laughs) He'll get it done. Yeah, and the other thing too is that they have to they have to pay Jamar Chase next offseason. He I'm was in sure. his draft, so yes, yes. Yeah. So what you do is that you shut down Joe Burrow, you go in the tank, and you extend you extend Chase. Now you're like, you know what? We're gonna get this done forty million a year, whatever. Yeah. The going rate's gonna be. Yes. And we're gonna you get this done for you right now. Recoup so like some some draft capital, yeah. I know, and I know you're pissed because you're not playing well this year. But here's your forty million starting next year. You're already taken care of. There's no drama. You're good. Move T Higgins for some draft capital. Um, and just 
try to suck enough to get the first or second pick and get Marvin Harrison because putting Marvin Harrison with Burrow and Chase would be almost like putting Justin Jefferson with Burrow and Chase at LSU. Yeah, it would be unfair. I mean, it really would be unfair. Yeah. Because you're right about Harrison. He's on a, he's on a, as a prospect, I think he's on a level that we haven't seen in a while as a receiver yeah. goes. Yeah, I really think he's a Julio Jones level prospect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Nothing to say about Tennessee because they suck. They just happen to run into uh, Cincinnati, who is is struggling more. I mean, Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass. That's kind of interesting, but he looked he looked more alive in his legs in this game. A little bit, just a little. But like, yeah. you know, from going to, <laughs> from looking like he was just completely washed to, uh, you know, to what he looked like this week, it was good to see. If you're a Henry guy. You know. Jake says Jake says the Bengals have morphed back into the Bungles. <laughs> well, Lord help Jake if, if Justin Herbert got a calf strain. Oh. I don't wonder what the Chargers would look Listen, like. That team is just the the Chargers are just like uh, the injuries to the, to that team is just yeah. they are cursed. They're they are they are coming up here as we uh, continue to progress through here. And don't worry, a couple of these games coming up here we don't have much to say about. So um, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a few of them here that we'll be going through quite briefly. Um, this one, not so much, though. The Rams at the Colts. Rams win 29-23 to in overtime. The Rams had a 20 to nothing lead in the third quarter and let the Colts get back into the game and force overtime. Your boy, Anthony Richardson, 11 of 25, which is not great, for 200 yards. So that's like 18 and a half yards of completion. <laughs> um Two touchdowns, no picks, another and 10 carries, 56 yards, and another touchdown. I have Anthony Richardson, my most owned quarterback across my 907 fantasy teams this year. But this is how Trey Lance was supposed to make me rich. Yeah. Was this. Yes. So I watch him and I get kind of sad because this is what it was supposed to be. Um, Puka Nakua continues his insane year. Nine catches, 163 yards, and a touchdown. He is currently on pace to get more catches and yards than Cooper Cup did in 2021. Insane. So at this point, we have to just assume that the the Cooper Cup Puka Nakua funnel position for McVeigh is going to be uh, is going to make even terrible players productive, and we just need to recognize it. You know, are you calling Puka terrible? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like. Um, Cooper Cup moves on and 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 Puka whatever uh, goes somewhere else and whoever is the next guy to show up the next fifth round pick to show up, you know, in that team if McVeigh is there playing the Cooper Cup role, you know, we should all pay attention to who it is because you know who I bet is pissed that the Rams took Puka Nakua and not him is my boy Chuck Sizzle Charlie Jones from Purdue. Yeah, that's probably I like, fair. I feel like Charlie Jones is watching this and he's like. Up. I would be murdering everything. I'd be doing the exact same thing, but I'm stuck on the Bengals. Yep. Behind Tyler Boyd. Joe Burrow has no legs. And instead he's watching Puka Nakua break all these records. Um, thoughts on Richardson so far? Obviously he's productive for fantasy, but just as a quarterback, is he a, ahead of where you thought, where you thought he was? So, I mean, I, mean, I there are moments where he looks like it to be exactly where he should be, but then there are also moments when he makes throws that you think, yeah, that's this is not normal. Uh, there was a throw he made late in the fourth quarter within maybe a minute and a half left in the game. It was a 25-yard throw to the boundary, back shoulder throw. It would have been a first. It was like third and 10, and it was to a it was to Kyle Granson. As I think that's his name. Um oh, yeah. And it was kind of like an out and up where he hit him with the back shoulder throw and he hit him in the middle of the chest and he dropped it. But the throw was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that's a ridiculous throw. He The touchdown he threw to Mullally Cox was like the same thing. Like, it's just, it's such a missile that defenders can't defend it. Um, the accuracy is crazy. And then it's being able to, to you know, sort of, garner the troops and get them rolling. Uh, yeah, you're down a bunch in that game, but you rally them and you should win that game. Granson, if Granson catches that pass, they win that game. Yeah. And uh, it's impressive. I mean, I just, there's no other way to describe 
what he's been other than I, I think he's been very impressive and a much better player than he was at Florida. Yes. Uh, it's almost like the Florida coaching is not that great. Um, it's almost like the Oregon year for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Like we have to toss out what this short passing game offense is yep. because it doesn't fit Herbert. And, you know, looking at Florida, like they didn't really have much skill, of, you know, there. And they were forcing they were forcing Richardson to throw the ball deep down the field to players who couldn't uh, separate and then had then had trouble catching the ball. Like, okay, you know, so no, I, he's been great. I mean, you know, obviously was, from a fantasy standpoint, he's been electric because he's running in, he's yeah. running, he's scoring rushing touchdowns, but he's been good. He's been yep. really good. Second year wide receiver, uh, Alec Pierce. He had a catch in this game where, because Alec Pierce, he's, he's skinny. He's not very big. And the ball yeah. hit him so hard. It looked at old SNL skit for the United Way where Peyton Manning's playing with the kids. And like <laughs> yes. the ball hits him, they go flying back. Like Pierce like was facing the ball and caught it and literally like got knocked off his feet. Yeah. When the when the ball hit him. I don't think I would try to catch a 20-yard like line pass from Anthony Richardson. I wouldn't even attempt it. Terrified. No, thank you. <laughs> um Next game, Tampa at New Orleans. Tampa wins 26 to 9. Derek Carr, obviously not right, should not have played in this game, cost this team. Only other note on this is that Alvin Kamara returned in this game. He had 13 catches. Scott, on these 13 catches, how many yards did he have? Kamara caught 13 passes in this game. He did for how many yards? 24. 33, which is the lowest amount of yards for anybody who caught. 10 passes, not even 13. That's crazy. He broke the record for 10, 11, 12, and 13. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he had 13 catches in this game for 33 yards. Uh, so and that, I have, those are great PPR numbers, but I don't like the yardage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I got nothing else to say in this game. The Saints weren't themselves because – Chris Olave had one catch for four yards because Carr couldn't throw the ball down the field. They should have played Jameis. Yeah. It's embarrassing they didn't. Um, Washington at Philly. Philly 34, Washington 31 in overtime. Eagles had full control of this game, but let the commanders get back into it in the second half. A.J. Brown goes nine for 175 and two. I guess him yelling on the sidelines was effective. A little bit. Um, uh, Riverboat. Ron must be must still be in charge of something because after scoring a touchdown to be down by one point with no time left on the clock, the commanders chose to kick the extra point and go to overtime rather than go for the win on one play and leave Hertz and AJ Brown on the sideline. Yeah. And and there's really no other there's no response to that other than other than uh it's the team has to feel like they were let down by the coaches in that scenario. Let's go win that game. Yes. Period. Right. I don't know if you saw Did you watch much of that game? Yeah, I'm red zone. Sam Howell's a dude. Sam Howell is able to uh, make make plays. So here, here's Jake's take. He says, Sam Howell is the biggest takeaway from this game. IMO kid clutched the fuck up and was throwing dimes with pressure in his face. Going to be a good quarterback for Washington IMO. Yes. I think he'll be a good quarterback for Washington if they're not in position to draft another one highly. I don't know he's going to have the opportunity, especially with Riverboat Ron in charge, to fully demonstrate that he deserves to be the unquestioned starter for this team going into next year. If they end up winning eight games and picking 13th, then maybe there's not they're not in the conversation. Yeah, maybe. But if, but if they end up winning five games... <laughs> Yeah, and picking seventh. Now they might be looking at, you know, sure, Sam Howell is great, but we have a shot at Drake May or somebody. Yeah, no, and I get it, and I and I I agree with that. It's just in this particular game, how gutty, how, how gutty of uh, his performance was gutty. Yes, it he was, was. He was clearly uh, he, underdrafted. Yes, and and then and on top of that, like even the incomplete pass down the sideline to McLaurin is just a ridiculous throw with all the pressure on mm -hmm. late in that game. I know it's, I know it's out of bounds by what an eighth of an inch or whatever it was, but it's an incredible throw in the it face was, of pressure. 
getting smoked, um, that kind of stuff. I, you know, to me, that stuff matters. And watching him do this over and over and over, he 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 looked really good. Yeah. So Jake pointed out here that the Commanders went to overtime, got won the coin toss, got the ball, and had a punt. And Jake says, don't know what the analytics say, but I'm pretty confident that punting in overtime is the wrong decision 95% of the time. Yes. Especially punting that putting the ball back to Jalen Hurts. If you're gonna punt, you might as well just go on for two. Yes. Or or if you're gonna lose a coin flip and it's Jalen Hurts and, and the and the Philadelphia juggernaut offense. Right. Uh, you're losing. Right. Go for the game. Win the game. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible decision. I have the note here. Cowardly football should always be losing football, and justice was served here. <laughs> justice was served. Minnesota at Carolina. Minnesota 21, Carolina 13. This game sucked. Yeah. Uh, court coupons threw a pick six to start the day, but the Panthers are so bad they could not do anything else. Minnesota did manage to throw it to Jefferson. Six for 85 and two touchdowns. Scott, any thoughts on this game? No. Yeah, the game sucked. Yeah. Um, it was so bad, I actually just threw my notes away. Pittsburgh at Houston. This game also sucked, but in a fun way. Yeah. Um, so my couple notes here. One, Pittsburgh is boiled ass. Uh, yes. Pickett got hurt. He's out for a couple weeks. He's out this week. Their bye is, is in week six. We'll see if he's back for week seven. Um, everyone is going to get fired in Pittsburgh. They're going to burn it down and start over. Everybody's getting fired. Okay. I, I mean, you drafted you drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round. I don't know what you were expecting. Um, he's very limited as a player. He has now started for about a year and a half. Uh, there's been some positives, but there's also been some negatives. He's not playing well at all right now. Mm-hmm. And their offense just looks lifeless. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a little bit because their running back looks like he is running in mud. Uh, maybe he's way too overweight or heavy. I don't want to say overweight. That sounds bad, but he's too heavy. And it's just, it's just not working. It's just not. Starting this season, so for the 23, 2024, and 2025 season, which franchise will win more games, Houston or Pittsburgh? Houston. Right. Which is yeah. crazy. Welcome yeah. to hell, Pittsburgh. Yeah, You're the new much. Lions. You're you the new Lions. In, you are Here now we go. in purgatory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, uh, now, on the Houston side of this, C.J. Stroud, 16 of 30, 306 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Nico Collins, our boy Nico, seven catches, 168 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he he was the only guy that they had who was going to be a vertical weapon for them. Everybody else was going to be sort of, uh, you know, they were going to play their part, but Collins is a boundary uh, vertical guy, and Stroud, Stroud looks really good. Yeah, uh, whether whether we liked him or didn't like him in the draft process, it's it's unarguable right now. He's hey, don't, don't try to act like life. I didn't like him. You're like, yeah, whether we like them or not or whatever. Like I was well, I know you like the whole just, way. I'm saying it doesn't matter what we thought. Right now, he's playing at an incredibly high level. Yes. Period. Yes. For and not even not even looking him at as a rookie. Just he is a. I mean, is would you think he's playing like a top ten quarterback right now in the NFL? No, close, close. Yeah, I. Uh, the only reason I say no is that in the group chat today, I actually did have to go through and rank like the top twenty quarterbacks, so the list is fresh in my mind. Yeah, and he's not top ten, but 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 your point stands, right? He's and he's definitely looking the part. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, Jake asking if Houston will be a contender sooner rather than later. Any team with a with a good solid franchise quarterback is a contender in any given year. Yeah. Um, now they have a, they struggle because of the AFC. So they gotta go through Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes every year. So that's that's that Phillip Rivers problem, right? Yeah. Also the Ben Roethlisberger problem. He managed to pull it off a couple times. But you have to assume that Mahomes and Allen, and if not them, then Burrow and Lamar. Like there's just so many yeah. good quarterbacks yeah. over there. Um other thing about this game, Houston was still without three starters on the O line, and they all they're getting two of them back this week for sure, maybe all three. So they did they demolished Pittsburgh without even having 
a top O-line against TJ Watt and Highsmith and all them. So Las Vegas at Los Angeles, the Chargers win 24 to 17. Now this game had a fourth down decision and other stuff like that. But to me, the only takeaway from this game were two things. Well, Khalil Mack had six sacks against Adrian. Yeah, pretty good game. Yes. So this, the, the three Raiders, four fumbles. Yes. The Raiders had to start Aiden O'Connell who sucked at Purdue, but whatever. Um, and he got destroyed. If Jimmy G plays this game, the Raiders win by seven. That was my takeaway from this game, watching it. Uh, sorry, Jake. But if Jimmy G's playing, the Raiders win this game without much struggle. Yeah. So I kind of liked O'Connell at, at Purdue as a I mean, caretaker. I mean, he, he played against Michigan, so I liked him too because he wasn't good. <laughs> I thought so in this in this particular draft I thought if there was one guy who was going to go in as a rookie and potentially be your um I am blanking on his name the dude from uh the 49ers Brock Purdy. Yeah, if there's one guy who's going to be Brock Purdy in this class it's O'Connell. And you know, through one game <laughs> it doesn't look like such a good opinion. But you know, you can't, you can't, he got lucky. You can't be throwing the ball into triple coverage in the NFL. Yeah. Can't do I, it. I agree. Uh, by the way, we have a lightning round coming up here. Uh, but I do want to address this comment from Jake. He says, Herbert is now 21 and five when his defense doesn't give up 28 plus points. So literally just don't give him one of the worst defenses in the league, let alone an average defense and he will win question mark. That is a great stat. But I want to see that stat for every starting quarterback, what their record is when the other team doesn't score 28 or more. I yeah. bet it's good for everybody. Maybe not sure. 21 to 5, but we'd have to compare. Like, I bet Jared Goff looks pretty good, too, when the other team doesn't score more than 28, right? Like, you have to get like the Zach Wilson tier where that really starts to fall apart. Yeah. But I bet Dak Prescott's probably 32 and 3 when the other team doesn't score 28. So... While that's, a, while that's an impressive stat, I bet it's true of kind of everybody and doesn't really say that much about Justin Herbert, even though Herbert is obviously awesome. I don't yes. think it I don't think it makes the point Jake is intending to make here. Um, all right, lightning round till we get to the uh, primetime game. So New England at Dallas. Mac Jones threw one of the worst pick sixes I've ever seen. The Cowboys are good and the Patriots are ass. Any other thoughts? Nope. Okay, Arizona at San Francisco. Christian McCaffrey, 20 carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns, seven catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. The 49ers showing Dallas how to handle a weak and overmatched opponent. Scott, any other thoughts? I like the way that the Cardinals are playing for their new coach, both I on agree. offense and defense. They're playing hard. It's impressive. Moving on. Yeah. Okay, Kansas City at the Jets. Kansas City wins 23-20. to Zach Wilson actually looked like a functional NFL quarterback. Yeah. 28 of 39, 245 yards, two touchdowns, no pick, one horrible fumble that probably cost him the game. I think that this could actually be bad for the Jets, that he looks good here, because the Jets get the Broncos coming up this week, where he will probably look good again. Yep. And they may make the wrong decision and think – we can actually do this with him. Yes. And like, uh, I, and I would call been, it, and it's been a little smoke and mirrors kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I, I would call it a Pyrrhic victory, but they lost. So I can't, Yeah, I don't know if I could call it that, but I just, I think that the jets could get really fooled here when he eviscerates the Broncos. Like everybody does. Last note here on this game, the jets had a chance to win this game but the ref show came along to ruin the end to another game. First, on the long third and 16 scramble by Mahomes, there is a clear hold at the point of attack. Yes, there is. And so, of course, call it now it's third and 26 instead, right? Yeah. Late, later in the drive, Mahomes throws an awful interception but got bailed out by a horrible defensive holding call against Sauce Gardner. Um, It sure is great having poor officiating decide the end of the game instead of the players. <laughs> I got nothing to add. <laughs> it's so true. Right. Like, and the holding on sauce, it was a weak call, yeah. but you can at least make an argument for it. It's missing the holding at the point of attack. 
It's like amazing. The player who would tackle Mahomes is being held. Yes. And it's the only reason he was able to escape the pocket and make the run. That's it. Right. Right. Just just unbelievable. Um Taylor Swift was in attendance. Uh along with Blake along with Blake Lively. But also Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. So like Deadpool and Wolverine were there. So that was kind of cool. Is now she is Taylor Swift appearing in like Deadpool 3 or something? Is that there is there is a rumor that she is going to play. Oh my god. Is Paul in the chat? Paul probably knows this. There's a rumor that she's gonna play, I think. Oh, what's his character's name? The 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 young female psychic, the blonde. Um who I think can turn her skin to diamonds as well. So so it's it's possibility that she's going to be in the movie and that's why they're there. Well, yes. Also, she and Blake Lively are really good friends. Yeah, yeah. And that Blake Lively is married to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So, like, it all does kind of make sense for why, yeah, yeah, for why yeah. they would be there. Yeah. But I think, yeah, again, just like the earlier, I think having just the troop of celebrities showing up to the games is good for the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Um, is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you were the one dropping Taylor Swift lyrics earlier today, so that's cool. Unintentionally, but yeah. Um, all right, Seattle at the Giants. Last game here. Seattle wins 24 to 3. How many times is Danny Dimes sacked in this game? Ten? Yes. How many times did he fumble? Don't know. Three. How many times was he picked off? Three. Two. Two. <laughs> um Super easy win for Seattle. They not need to put forth much effort against one of the worst teams in the league. Yes, I said it. One of the worst teams in the league. And I'm feeling pretty good about my commanders will finish ahead of the Giants take from the offseason. What happened? The Giants overperformed last year, did not improve in any meaningful way whatsoever, and I'll be ever getting exposed, especially without Saquon Barkley, to bail them out. Okay. That's all rational, you know, that all makes sense. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm quite literal. So if you were setting you up know, for I mean, a joke, I apologize. I'm, I'm oh, okay. Legit. I was legit asking it. It's, okay. Um, um, sometimes the answer doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but it's yeah. the answer. That answer, totally, the fact that they overperformed last year would lead to exactly this. Right. And again, and they also didn't improve. Right, like what improvements did they make in their past? Really, like Evan Neal doesn't look like a player who's who's emerging. No, um, you know what I mean. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau has been super disappointing. He flashes, but he does, but but not. You got to sustain that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Real quick, we're about to get out of here. I just like to take a quick preview of the next week. Thursday night's got Bears at Commanders. Appointment viewing. I mean, for me, yeah, but, you know, maybe not for everybody else. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about going to this game, but then I remember that I love myself and I can't do these things to myself, so <laughs> I, I will not be going to Bears at Commanders. Uh, Jags at Bills in London, as previously mentioned. Saints at Patriots, Lord help us. Titans at Colts, another good Richardson game. Ravens at Steelers, GG Steelers. Panthers at Lions, that's a 15-point win for Detroit. Texans at Falcons, that game's going to have like 70 points in it. Oh, my God. The Giants are at Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Miami's going to put up 70. Alex has logged out of the chat. He is, <laughs> he is not. He's he's not showing up for a few weeks. Yeah, probably. Um, we'll miss the you. Ba- the Bengals are at the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean it's they're they're playing like super hard football right now. That's impressive. Eagles at the Rams. Yeah. Give me the Eagles. Jets at Broncos. Jets by a million. Yes. Jets by a gazillion. We're the one see. time that you might want to think about starting Zach Wilson if you're playing DFS. Yes. The one um, time. Especially especially if he's cheap and Anthony Richardson is not. Yeah. Um Chiefs at Vikings, that is going to be an entertaining game. Mm-hmm. But I think the Lots Chiefs are points. looking for a get-right spot here, and if they come up with an A-plus Mahomes effort, they'll put 50 up. Yeah, yeah, and the and the Vikings might put up 35. Yep, yeah, that's going to be a fun game. 
Uh, Sunday night. Now, Sunday night football, this is what we're talking about here. Cowboys at 49ers. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. That's going to be a great one. Yes. Uh, I'm going to have 300 lineups made. I'm ready to go. That game is going to be, that game is going to be awesome. Um, and then Monday, Monday night Packers at Raiders. Yeah. So we're going to uh, have the high of Sunday night and, and the really low of Monday night that, you know, yeah. The, um, yeah. The only, the only uh, thing is if we think the Bonte Adams could get traded to Detroit, do we want the Packers to win? So the Raiders go in the tank or do you want the Raiders to win? Because that's a loss for green Bay, but that looks like to go in the tank then. I think because I'm not sure whether Green Bay winner wins or loses or Vegas wins or loses matters to the big picture that he, if he is getting traded, traded, you know, he's going to, he's going to get traded. Uh, let's, let's have the Packers lose. Okay. That's just a better scenario. All right. I'm with you. Go Raiders. All right, yeah. everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been uh political football, the, the week four review show. If you're listening on podcast, thank you very much. It is a YouTube live stream as well. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, so you can find us, like, subscribe, all that. If you're watching, please like the video. That does matter uh, quite a bit to the algorithm. We have picked up a few new listeners to the podcast feed. Shout out to our new person in the UK, unless you're our old person coming back, in which case, hello again. Uh, nice, to, uh, nice to see you Thanks again. for being here. Was that an accent? No. Oh, okay. I thought that was the worst English accent I ever heard. No, it was. <laughs> that's why, because it wasn't. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, Scott, any final words? No, we're good. Yep, not for me either. All right, we'll see everybody uh, next week for the Week by Review. Peace.